Welcome to the author commentary for Star Wars From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back. Here, we go behind the scenes with contributors to discuss the creative process behind their stories. A word of caution before we begin, these conversations may contain story spoilers. Consider yourself warned. I'm Alex Davis, one of the Delray editors who worked on this amazing project, and right now we're talking to Jim Zub, author of a story called The First Lesson. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is such an amazing, it's such an incredible project to be a part of. I'm uh, I'm giddy. It's great. Yeah, it's uh, wild that it's uh, at the time this is being released out in the world. Yeah, finally out there. It's one of those things you work away on. And it, at first, it's a secret you can't even tell anybody. And then slowly but surely it gets announced. And then the anticipation builds. Um, I still, you know, I still get that feeling no matter how many releases you get over the years. It's always a joy to finally have it out there and have people reacting to stuff. Yeah. Uh, so your story, the first lesson, uh, starring everyone's favorite uh, Henson creation, Master Yoda. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, what drew you to telling uh, Yoda's story? Uh, it was one of those things, I mean, you know, early on, we're talking about different possibilities of characters um, for the story. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to go incredibly obscure or, or try and pick something a little bit more familiar. And I was actually a little bit shocked that Yoda was still even a possibility. And when I saw that, I thought, Oh, I'm going to regret it. If I don't you know, take, <laughs> take my shot. Like I really want to kind of push outside of people's expectations for a bunch of my writing. I'm known a lot for sword and sorcery stuff and fantasy and a lot of kind of slam bam action, but I love introspective stuff. And so it was a really a chance to kind of show a different facet to a very well-known character and, and get kind of surreal, get a little bit more cerebral with it. And that was, it, it was a kind of a daunting challenge, but something that I was also really relishing as well. So, right. Every time a different author starts um, and approaches Jedi meditation and philosophy, it's always fascinating to see the different ways they like take it on. Um, how did you develop your take on it with this story, with Yoda's outward swirling consciousness? Well, it's really kind of comes back to that idea of, you know, connectivity, that, that the force is everywhere, that we all have it, that, you know, it surrounds us and binds us, right? Like that was really kind of the starting point for me was this concept of, the, the oneness of being. And so if Yoda, you know, he's been on Dagobah for so long. And so this idea he have, he would get into a pattern every day or, you know, meditate and, and, and spread out his consciousness and know every aspect of the flora and the fauna uh, out there on the planet, you know, connect with the creatures and, and feel what they feel or understand their purpose in in that system, you know what I mean? And so that, um, trying to describe that, I thought was really uh, kind of a fun challenge. And and reaching outside of Yoda's, you know, unique speech pattern and getting in his head, I think was also really important because that playful, you know, uh, cadence of his voice is amazing. And it's like the best and, you know, it, it's, it's iconic for a reason, but I didn't just want to try and reproduce that endlessly in terms of his thoughts. I wanted it to be more textured and a little bit more broad. Um, 
one of the things, of course, that, that made me laugh as I'm doing research, I thought, oh man, there's all those creatures in Dagobah. You know, um, I wonder if if all of them have been named. And of course, it's silly. <laughs> of course, every single, if it's appeared for a frame of a Star Wars movie, no matter how small, <laughs> it's got its own uh, uh, Wikipedia, you know, uh, little little article and there's photos and there's like, biological designs and stuff. So that was kind of fun to go through and pick some of those out and then have Yoda kind of spreading his consciousness forth and, and you know, feeling what they feel or, or understanding their instincts. Um, and that idea of the Zenness of that, that he is part of that. And then of course it gets broken. That concentration gets broken by the arrival of the strange interloper that is, you know, Luke Skywalker and, and uh, his uh, X-wing. So that that was kind of cool because it, it it broadens that context. It, it gives it that much more. You know, Yoda is a surprising character if if you don't know who he is when you go into that movie, because he's acting silly and he's impish and ridiculous at first, and then you know his wisdom comes forth in outwardly, you know, in in interesting ways over the course of that movie. Now we know so much more about the character. It was fun to kind of dig in and have him decide he was going to make, you know, play against uh, Luke's expectations and, and stuff like that. Right. I, yeah, people always talk about going into the um, movie uh, without knowing the big twists and turns in it. And Sometimes I wonder what it would have been like to watch this not knowing that Vader was Luke's father and would I have picked up on it at all? Right. I think what really, you know, the real question mark I always have is what if I went in just seeing Yoda and thinking of him as just a funny little puppet before realizing who he truly was? Well, I, so I did actually. Like I saw the film. I saw the only one I saw in theaters was uh, Return of the Jedi when it first came out. I remember that very distinctly. But I did see Empire, but we saw that on like, you know, home video. Uh, watch that at home. I was too young to go see it in the theaters. But but opening weekend of Return of the Jedi, we saw it twice. I actually tricked uh, my parents. So I went to go visit my grandparents that weekend and they took us to go see Return of the Jedi. And then we got home and my grandparents didn't tell them what we did all day. And my parents were like, oh, we were thinking of going to see Star Wars. My brother and I looked at each other and we go, wow, that'd be great. And we got there and we saw it twice in one day and we didn't tell my dad until afterwards and he was really mad. <laughs> we just saw it like three hours earlier or something. So it was great. So uh, talking about, um, you know, Yoda's first moments on screen mm -hmm. um, and you, that's sort of what you chose uh, as your window into the character, the immediate beforehand and then um, him preparing to teach as the title would suggest the first that's lesson. The first lesson. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a really neat thing watching that scene, that first scene where Luke and Yoda are interacting and trying to pull as much out of every little instant as possible, trying to understand why those things are happening or what their points of view are, you know, internally, as opposed to just what the, the, the little kind of gags that are happening on screen, you know, and, and even though Yoda is so kind of silly in that first scene, it's all part of the lesson. It's all part of him trying to, show Luke that his surface expectations are so, you know, that, 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 that there's no depth to his vision yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love um, how it ends before that lesson is really taught. Uh, I think the last line in the story is wars not make men great. Uh, right? Yeah, yes. it's not the last line, but it's very it's very close to the last. So the very last thing in the story is essentially Yoda's even internally kind of wondering if he can teach this raw, you know, he can take this raw material of Luke and make him into something or or help him defy the gravity of the Skywalker name and, and Anakin's, you know, mistakes. And he basically says to himself, I, um, I've got it here. He says, um, you know, would the boy come to understand harmony, reality in the future? Could he bring balance to the force? Yoda would try to show him a way towards the light. The old master hesitated, realizing his own momentary doubt. No, he would not try. There is no try. Oh, the line launched a million t-shirts. <laughs> right? And so that was the thing to me is that even Yoda makes that internal mistake, that even he has assumptions. As much as he is judgmental of, of Luke, he's also hesitant. He's hesitant to take on this student. He's hesitant based on past failures and mistakes and problems. And so I like that. I like the duality of it, that, that what I wanted to try and create was this echo that when, when Yoda says there is no try, he is saying that to Luke and he means it, but he has also internally said it to himself. Like this is a, this is a task for both of them. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's really fascinating actually. In the story, it mentions um, that he was expecting Leia um, at one point instead of Luke. Right. Well, that was the thing is that you realize once you go through the prequels, he knows, you know, who Leia is and he actually has a, a stronger understanding of, of her. And because of the way she's been raised and she hasn't been sequestered away in, in the same respects that, that Luke has, you know, hidden away that she almost makes more sense as a student based on his assumptions. You know what I mean? That she would be the one that would come to him, that, that Obi-Wan would, you know, work with, with this potentially more talented, you know, student, but that's not the way, you know, and that's not the, the hand that fate deals. And I kind of like that aspect of it, that because of that greater knowledge, there's another moment in the story where Yoda recognizes R2-T2 because he's, He's seen him before. And so it was one of those neat, neat things as well, where we're able to pull on these extra little threads from the prequels and kind of link them up and, and just add to that overall cohesive feeling of it. Right. And just Yoda being like, here comes another one of Obi-Wan's hotheads. Yeah. Here we go. Trouble again. Right. And that's, the, you know, the, the echoes of, of the previous generation, you know, and, and how Yoda knows how wrong these things can go. And now he's got to try and defy, you know, the, that gravity and make it something better. So I'm curious, how do you think the story would have played out if Leia had been the trainee instead? <laughs> That's hard to say, right? It's, you know, those kinds of what ifs, those alternate timelines are really fascinating to kind of um, play with. I, you know, as much as you might want to think that Leia would be, an ideal student, I think the whole reason why someone goes through Jedi training is because they're going to find their own flaws and they're going to try and isolate them and, and you know, learn from them. And Leia has to have those flaws as well, you know, just because we haven't seen as many of those in, in the story that is shown in the movies doesn't mean they're not there, right? And so I think it would be really fascinating to get that extra peek into her character, her assumptions, you know, her upbringing, um, 
the the fact that she has had a this royal upbringing and has is more educated and has a broader you know perception of of the greater galaxy is great and a very potent thing but that alone doesn't make her a great jedi you know what i mean and the ability to find um that that humble you know honorable self self-sacrifice you know things like that i think one of if i had to take a guess here in the moment i might say that you know leia because you have been treated as important your entire life realizing you are just part of a greater system of the force maybe the thing that she would have to learn that that it would be it's not about the self you know it's about the selfless right yeah. Some things uh, you can only really learn growing up a moisture farmer on Tatooine. That's right. I mean, that's what's really cool that, you know, the classic hero's journey and in the humble beginnings of Luke, um, they give him certain qualities that, that make him really potent later on. Right. And, and, you know, something as simple as he doesn't know in some cases to be afraid, you know, you will, right. Like you will know to be afraid. You, he, he goes into it with a, with a, a naivety, that that can turn into courage and that's a really cool part of his character i think his uh experience with yoda i i you know this is beyond uh what you've written but this yoda in particular and the way he like thinks about luke just re-watching this movie for the thousandth time as i'm probably going to after <laughs> Um, I'm really going to have that in mind in all of those scenes. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's, that's a really, it's an honor to be able to, to even cut away and, and delve deeper into any aspect of this, any secondary character, tertiary character, and to be given the ability to do that with someone as iconic as Yoda. I mean, the characters on the cover of the book, like that, <laughs> that to me was so, such an honor and such a joy to be able to do. And I was so nervous about it. I'm known for my comic book writing. Like, um, I do a lot of stuff for Marvel. I've done, you know, work on uh, Conan the Barbarian and Dungeons and Dragons and all kinds of different stuff. I'm not known for sci-fi and I'm not known for, for prose. And so this was like a big, you know, kind of scary uh, way of diving right in with that stuff with a murderer's row of talent, uh, <laughs> all of them bringing such cool, you know, aspects to the, to the page. And so then I'm impetuously going to take on Yoda and I'm like, Oh man, I'm in way over my head. But that's kind of the exciting thing about it is when you push yourself past what you think you can do and, and hopefully find something really entertaining to bring to the, to the fore, you know? There is no try. There is no try. I was actually making that joke with my wife. I was like, man, I've been way over my head on this. And she was just basically going, yeah, but you're right, Yoda. It's literally about, you know, pushing <laughs> yourself past or making, you know, more of yourself. And I was like, I know. I will do this for Yoda. I got to do it for me, right? So the whole 10 yards. It's um, it was such a cool, it's such a cool experience. And uh, one of the things I'm, I'm weirdly looking forward to is I didn't even know this when they announced the book, someone said that they had bought the previous one, you know, from another point of view with star Wars on audiobook, And I guess they have different people doing, you know, the, the narration on each short story or something. And, oh, yeah. I'm like, and they go, do you know who's going to do yours? And I'm like, they're going to make an audio book. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that. That's going to be the weirdest thing. <laughs> It's going to be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's a fantastic story. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about it. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for, uh, 
for having me in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. And uh, thank you for listening, uh, you readers at home. Uh, you can read the first lesson and all the other stories in From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back, available now from all your favorite booksellers in print, ebook, and audio download. Thank you, and may the force be with you. <laughs>